If you spend any time on Instagram, you're used to the idea that entertainment and advertising are intertwined. Meme accounts are huge on the platform. Millions of people, myself included, follow them for the funniest content online. And often, the jokes make a subtle point to sell you something. I've seen ironic posts from plant-based chicken nugget companies, goofy comics that I can then buy on a t-shirt, and wholesome memes of cute stuffed animals that make me want to buy one of my own. But recently, the meme pages have been trying to sell me something different. They've tried to sell me a politician. Since launching his campaign for president, Michael Bloomberg has spent more than $450 million on advertising. A good chunk of Bloomberg's change has been spent online. And in 2020, memes are a part of that. I'm Allegra Frank. I write and think about internet culture for Vox.com. And I'm filling in for Ariel, who's on vacation. Today, what Bloomberg's memes tell us about politics, influencers, and political influence in 2020. This is Reset. Taylor Lorenz, tech reporter at The New York Times, you are one of the most online people I know. And lately, I've been going online and seeing a lot of one person. And that person is Mike Bloomberg. I've been seeing him in my Twitter timeline. I'm seeing him on my Instagram feed. I don't follow Mike Bloomberg. What is going on here? Why is he all over social media right now? Yeah, well, you know, after entering the presidential race, he's really tried to make a splash for himself um, in the media. So he's been obviously buying lots of television ads, but also buying lots of ads across the internet. And that doesn't just mean banner ads all over websites, but also sponsored content on a lot of our favorite, you know, meme pages and influencer accounts. And he's been essentially paying these people to post memes and messages and viral videos on his behalf. I... I'm curious about the Instagram part, especially, because I feel like that has been the most visible, controversial element of this uh, Bloomberg ad buy. What do those look like? Can you tell us a little bit about the Bloomberg memes on Instagram? Yeah. So the sort of meme campaign that dropped across a lot of the biggest accounts like Fuck Jerry, um, Moist Buddha, Tank Sinatra. These are names you may or may not be familiar with, but they right. have millions of followers on Instagram. And what they did is post these essentially fake looking DMs between themselves and Bloomberg, where um, Bloomberg would say funny kind of relatable things like I have a billion dollars. Can you make me look cool? And then the memers would kind of pretend to respond through this fake DM like yes or no, or I'll think about it. All of the posts had the caption, um, you know, sponsored content. But even so, you know, people, people like thought that they were fake. Yeah. <laughs> even today, some people keep DMing me like, are these real? Yeah, it's like, it is really fake looking, especially because of you know, what he's saying, right? Like, I have a billion dollars. There was the one about, like, having a car with Lamborghini doors. The level of self-awareness and yeah. irony that I don't think the real Bloomberg has ever displayed. Yeah, exactly. Very self-aware and very much, like, playing into how he's this uncool, you know, boomer. Mm -hmm. um, and what about Twitter? So he's definitely also making a big splash on Twitter. What's his Twitter presence like? He's just been posting on it in this like very deranged way. Yeah. Um, you know, he's been calling people out. He's been doing the whole brand Twitter thing where you like quote 
tweets and dunk on them. He's been doing that to Donald Trump, attempting to kind of clap back. But, you know, they also posted this, what people were calling a doctored video, you know, this video that was kind of remixed from the debates to make it look like Bloomberg were saying, you know, has anyone else started like a business? I'm the only one here that I think that's ever started a business. Is that fair? And, you know, attempted to make it look like all the other candidates just sat there in silence. They played crickets in the background. Um, In reality, that's not what happened during the debate at all. And it's actually kind of a funny video, which is slightly disturbing. It's very internet. I mean, it's very internet-y video. It's very like, I mean, people make those things about Trump all the time. Um, But I think to see it as sort of like sponsored content, that video also went out across a bunch of meme accounts. So to see these meme accounts that are being paid to essentially distribute this highly edited video that a lot of people won't know is edited um, is, yeah, I, I can see why that would really concern people. Yeah, right. Like seeing Bloomberg, you know, come off really well in this debate that people in the know (laughs) know he did very badly in. It's an effective tactic here, but completely skewed from reality. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, it's blatant misinformation. And when you think about, you know, what a lot of people on the left have criticized Trump for, um, you know, Bloomberg is essentially leaning into sort of some of the worst aspects of that. Um, So... I, I understand the criticism, I think, on Bloomberg's side. You know, he's essentially leveraging a lot of marketing tactics that have been used for a long time in the corporate world. Um, these types of viral stunts videos, this, you know, very active Twitter presence paired with influencer marketing on Instagram. I mean, this is just like marketing 101 for a lot of corporate brands. Um, but it is, it's just kind of jarring to see it leak into the political realm. And who are the people who are actually behind these memes on Instagram and Twitter? Who are the ones that are creating this content for the Bloomberg campaign? Um, So essentially, it's, you know, people from a a couple different groups. Um, One is Jerry Media, who most famously runs the account Fuck Jerry. Um, Their CEO and one of their creative directors is involved with the campaign. It's also a bunch of people from Brandfire, which is another kind of influencer marketing collective, and Doing Things Media, which is a media company that owns a lot of other big large accounts like middle-class fancy, white people problems, things like that. So those meme accounts really appeal to the more millennial vote. Um, And then in terms of like, you know, his actual team, he staffed his digital team with a ton of people from the tech industry themselves. So people that are intimately familiar with these platforms, you know, Mm -hmm. hiring from places like Facebook and Snapchat. So, you know, on all sides, he really has the best of the best in terms of digital talent, um, also because he can afford to pay them an exorbitant amount of money and he's promised them jobs through November, no matter what the outcome of his campaign, which, you know, no other political campaign could ever do that. So I think that's also why he's managed to attract some of these people. He was also just working with average people to essentially do digital, what he called digital canvassing. I think other people would have other names for it, where he's basically paying people $2,400, $2,500 a month um, to like text all of their friends about him and uh, post about him on their personal social media accounts. So he's kind of engaging in a lot of tactics uh, with a lot of sort of cross sections of different people. So what is the ultimate goal here with the Bloomberg campaign in hiring these younger folks to pass around memes and working with, you know, the Tank Sinatra people and other big influencers? 
I mean, the goal with all of this is to just generate attention online. It's to make a splash. Um, Bloomberg has entered the race late. He's not even on the ballot yet. You know, he just participated in his first debate recently. So he's just trying to get in people's heads. You know, he's trying to establish himself as a front runner and a viable candidate. Um, and the best way to do that is to get people talking. And I think that that, you know, he's very successfully done that. Um, it's it's also like he doesn't have to play by traditional rules. He has so much money <laughs> that he can kind of do whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's also why you see him embracing these really bold strategies that, frankly, other political candidates would probably shy away from because they don't have the resources to necessarily see it through in the way that, you know, Bloomberg can, where Bloomberg can just dump tons of money, see if something works. If something doesn't work, he'll dump tons of money elsewhere. Um, so he doesn't have to be, you know, quite as strategic as I think, you know, some of the other campaigns. And I mean, talking about dumping tons of money <laughs> and whether or not it works, what's the response been to these memes? Yeah, the response has been um, positive and negative. Um, obviously, there's been a huge amount of people online who think it's hilarious and funny and love it. Um, and then you have the other people who think it's, you know, the death of democracy. So it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter what people think. The point is, is that people are talking about him and that, you know, he's he's being talked about as a viable candidate. That's the only thing that matters. So in that way, it's successful. After the break, Bloomberg's memes may be jarring, but they're not exactly new. This is Reset. Hello, this is Jesse David Fox. I'm a senior editor at Vulture, and I host the podcast, Good One, a podcast about jokes. It's a podcast about, well, jokes. Every week, I sit down with a comedian, comedy writer, or director. We listen to one of their jokes and figure out how it all came together. I don't sit down with a pen and a pad and physically write down everything. I just, that's not my style. It turns out, comedians take jokes pretty seriously. I like all jokes, okay? <laughs> that's what I do. That's what I live for. There's really nothing else I care about. Yeah, yeah. It's all very revealing. What did you sort of learn from this? What was your takeaway? I nothing. I I'm not I'm not a smart person. Good one from Vulture and the Vox Media Podcast Network. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. You do know how to use the podcast app, right? Oh, what a great question, Jesse David Fox. Okay, so we are back with Taylor Lorenz, New York Times technology reporter. So let's talk about political memes. When did the political meme phenomenon begin? Senator, you're no Jack Kennedy. Well, memes have always been political. I'm reminded of that ad. Where's the beef? It's the economy, stupid. If you look back to even the types of memes that were being shared in the early and mid-2000s. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. So they brought us whole binders full of, uh, of women. It was a lot of political commentary, um, and politics have kind of been a discussion in the meme world for a long time. A lot of, you know, political cartoons essentially are like original memes, you know? Um, they're these very short visual ways to communicate a message um, or idea. I would say in terms of the role that they play in politics, it's been emerging. And I think it's been playing a bigger and bigger role 
as like memes in general just become a, a you know bigger phenomenon. I mean, back in 2008, right? We had like the Obama girl who was kind of yeah. a meme in herself. And then, you know, Obama used a lot of these big YouTubers and influencers as well when he rolled out the Affordable Care Act. So do you go to any websites that are .coms or .nets or do you mainly just stick with uh, .govs? No, actually, we uh, go to .govs. Have you heard of healthcare.gov? Just a couple of years after that, you know, Trump's election was partly because of this sort of like meme-like community he had and you know, on the internet. So, um, yes, yeah, so memes have, uh, the politics have been a part of meme culture essentially since the genesis of meme culture, but they're just playing a bigger and bigger role as people use them more as a default mode of communication. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about how in 2012, right, we had binders full of women. Exactly. It was a huge moment. But then four years later, I, f- I felt like every single step of the election process of the primary of the debates had its own memes to the point where you could fairly call it the first meme election, it felt like. Well, I mean, essentially, memes are just a form of communication. So just like video, um, you know, plays an increasing role in campaign messaging and elections. um, So do memes, it's just a different type of format. So you know, I, I think that like people are just communicating and more and more in that format. And so that format is becoming more and more normalized um, in the political world. Totally. Memes are like a language now, right? Every single yeah. you can have conversations just in memes. People completely understand what you're saying if you just send them an image half the time. Right. It's just that a lot of people think of memes as these static images, and that's mm-hmm. not really it either, right? I mean, like the stuff you're talking about, binders full of women, Obama girl, like all that stuff. It's sort of this like culture concept. It's hard to describe, but it's it's this sort of like repeating trope. And those kinds of things are just happening faster and faster as we have, you know, we consume more of that type of stuff every day on the Internet. So things are just coming faster than ever. Viral trends are coming faster than ever. You know, things blow up and cool off in, you know, really rapid succession. And that's all just happening much faster than it was even four years ago. Totally. So we've talked a lot about Bloomberg, but what are other candidates doing this time around? Well, I mean, Trump and Sanders, who are the two other tr- front runners, um, they don't need to pay anyone to post on their behalf. I mean, Sanders already has the endorsement of, you know, half the influencers on the Internet, it seems like, and the other half support Trump. So, yeah. you know, while Bloomberg has to pay these people to kind of create content, um, if you look at other, you know, strong political candidates such as Donald Trump, who have these very on, you know, engaged online communities, they'll just post all day sort of organically on their behalf. So all campaigns have attempted to do some types of outreach to different communities, especially those online. But, um, you know, no other campaign has had to sort of pay people the way Bloomberg has. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, you know, pay attention to things like the Bernie Sanders dank meme stash, which is just, you know, full of these completely originally generated pieces of meme content. But the thing that I think is really cool this time around is seeing people like Bernie or, you know, Andrew Yang when he was still in the race, interacting Mm -hmm. and feeding back into these organic memes. The, you know, the Bernie meme right now of I am asking you again. I am once again asking for your financial support. Wikipedia, when you refresh the page after donating $3, I am once again asking for your financial support. Bernie's starting to co-op that same language now for his emails and for his tweets. 
I mean, that's what Trump did. That's what Trump did so successfully. Like what Trump did so successfully was essentially like bolster this really strong community, organic community online and kind of like feed into them, but, but not work directly with them. You know, like, um, you know, you had a lot of these big kind of right wing political influencers that were sort of adjacent to the campaign that Trump later kind of brought in. He had his social media summit, you know, but it's not as like direct. Um, I think you're saying the same thing with, with Bernie where, um, you know, he's acknowledging some of this support. Um, but you know, he's not like outright, like courting it or engaging with it. He's bigger fish to fry, which is that, you know, they're also trying to build this like grassroots operation and bring all these people into the political system that probably aren't as online, you know? So I think that's more what the traditional sort of like campaign is focused on. Meanwhile, this internet army is sort of focused on his digital brand. That's a really great point. It's much broader than just the people who are super plugged in. But, of course, that is still a very strong branch of these candidates' campaigns. So when we see people like Bloomberg, you know, co-opting the language of memes in this very marketed, capitalistic way, him being this billionaire, being able to just buy into this authentic, organic, you know, realm of meme making, does that have any impact or uh, effect on how we see memes as part of internet culture? Are we? I don't think so. I mean, like, look, all this whole meme culture has been so intertwined with commerce already. Mm-hmm. I mean, memes. There's already a million sponsored memes, like every second. Also, meme account holders. If you're talking about like that culture on Instagram, like they have already been sort of monetizing, pushing their own products, drop shipping th- stores, and stuff like that for a while. Um, So I don't think it feels that out of line to see a political candidate do that, especially because there are so many political memes already, you know? Um, So it doesn't feel that out of place. I think what's out of place is just that, like, Bloomberg is not the candidate that most young people support. And so I think that's what makes it feel kind of weird. It's like this, like, I don't know, it would be like if this like old school brand that had no real relevance with millennials suddenly started buying ads on meme accounts. It's like, what are you doing here? Like, you're kind of antithetical to everything that we believe in, you know? Yeah, totally. And it makes me wonder, as someone who is a big consumer of Instagram memes, and that's what I do all day is look at them, I start to wonder, is this is this where we're going, where I have to start questioning the authenticity of the memes I'm seeing when it comes? I mean, you should question the authenticity <laughs> of the memes already. They're already selling you stuff. It's just this time it's a political candidate, you know? Yeah. I, I sort of assume anytime a brand appears in the meme, they've been paid. Oh, totally. Um, <laughs> we should just assume that in general. <laughs> yeah, it like has, you're like, okay, Jewel probably paid you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm laughing, but also you're getting my money. I know you will. Well, Taylor, this was great talking to you about memes. Uh, one of my favorite yeah. subjects. I feel like you're also a meme queen. Oh, yes. Thank you. <laughs> Honestly, honored to be called that. Taylor Lorenz, tech reporter for The New York Times. Thank you so much. Thanks. Talk to you soon. We reached out to the Bloomberg campaign for comment. They didn't get back to us by our deadline. This is Reset, and I'm Allegra Frank. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at LegsFrank. You can also reach the Reset team by emailing reset at vox.com. 
We publish episodes three times a week on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. So if you haven't already, subscribe to the pod. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or in your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. Big thanks on this episode to Poddington Bear, who provided some of the music. We'll be back on Sunday. And as Ariel says, later, nerds.